see if I remember how to do this. What's <laughs> up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Thank you for taking the reins in mm-hmm. my stead You're last welcome. week, Sam. Mm-hmm. Justin Davis is here. S- Scoop. And Mark Medina. Hello. Who is hopefully not too sick of talking about The Last of Us Part 1 at this point. I, I was like, great, another, another comment section to be mad at me. Let's do this. Is this, the, <laughs> is this the last of your Last of Us tour, at least? This is the, this is the, the final last stop on okay. the Last of Us tour. So you can change yeah. all your opinions based on audience feedback. Exactly. Yeah. It is worth your money, but it's awful game. Let's do this. <laughs> you, you should just say something different every single time. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You can cater oh. to the Scoop audience for this one. Okay. That's fun. Mm-hmm. We do have a great show for this week. We'll talk about said Last of Us Part 2, which will be out by the time you're listening to this or watching this. Mm-hmm. We will talk about Assassin's Creed Mirage. What? Or will we? Is it all a mirage? Oh. We'll have to wait and see. But first... Another game that's out by the time you're listening slash watching to this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga Collection. And, well, it's just great. I'll just cut right to the chase. It's just another great package from Digital Eclipse. They're doing God's work. God's work over there in, what, Emeryville? Is that where they are, Sam? Yeah, thereabouts. East Bay, San Francisco Um, area. This is from the same crew that brought you the Mega Man Legacy Collections, the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, the Blizzard Arcade, and uh, numerous others. And they just, they're just they just doing the best job of collecting older games and presenting them in a really, really nice package, adding in all these bonus features, fixing the games in certain places, making them play better than they ever have before, and then archiving all this extra like box art instruction manuals design documents the design documents can you that believe are that included in these games are incredible i mean <laughs> th- there's there's straight up drawings and you know all in japanese design documents in the to create the first ninja turtles game for nes for example like yeah. cool. the, the fact that that was preserved in any way is just mind-blowing to me and the fact that they got their hands on it and it's just here for you to look at and that that was all you know checked off on is it's it's a miracle it's it's unbelievably mm-hmm. cool I, the collection's worth for me that 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 alone uh yeah to own it so sam and i both dove into this last night uh justin mark either of you have this yet yep not, I, played not it, yet. I, pl- I played it yesterday okay all right so for anyone who isn't aware, this is a collection of the, the, the games from the early 90s when Konami had the license for the Ninja Turtles. So it's the original arcade game, and then it's sequel, Turtles in Time. It's the three, no, I'm sorry, four NES games. The original one that's sort of like really, uh, well, it's really difficult for one thing. It's also kind of convoluted, but pretty clever in, in how, uh, how mm-hmm. you know, well thought out it is. And I think at one time it was the best-selling third-party NES game. Then it had its sequel, which was a port of the arcade game when Konami realized, okay, maybe we don't need to be quite so... <laughs> maybe, we, maybe just some straightforward brawler action will suffice for Ninja Turtles. And, that and was, then yeah. it was just brawlers all the way down until the uh, fighting mm-hmm. games well, and then some weird Game Boy games. Which that's really, the thing. When, when, when one-on-one fighting games started to gain favor over brawlers, then Teenage Mutant Turtles went that route as well. The other NES games are... TMNT 3, The Manhattan Project, and then The Tournament Fighters, which is the fighting game that also came to Super Nintendo and Genesis. Turtles in Time was ported to Super Nintendo. That's in there. And then there was um, a unique uh, game for the Genesis called the Hyperstone Heist. And that, Oh, and then there's the three Game Boy games, too, that are included yeah. here, too. Which mm-hmm. is kind of <clears throat> so, good package of early 90s arcade or, uh, you know, TMNT games from Konami. And they have uh, they have the arcade versions of the brawlers and not just the home console versions. Yes. Is that correct? I haven't played it yet myself, but I think I read that. Yes. Yep. That is. And so yeah. that's awesome. What's so exciting about that is like the arcade versions. They're not like lost to time or anything like that, but like they're not the version that people ever played and have memories of. Everyone remembers playing the game at home, right? Because they had the game in their home and that's what they played over and over again. So that's what I'm excited to dive into personally is sort of experience the original arcade arcade versions of these games yeah um the arcade you can you know play them all four players mm-hmm. uh what else sam what is well, notable the strategy guides yeah well that's really it's did you notice it was in the style of the nintendo power strategy guide era where yep. it was like you know Absolutely. from from the first gen um so uh yeah. what, what what i think of note is that each time um 
Digital Eclipse does one of these, they think of like some cool new things they can do with emulation or restoration or mm -hmm. preservation. And th there's not, I won't, I'll just go over some current tricks. I, they're not necessarily all new tricks because they've been used before. But one of them is the rewind button. Love that. Mm -hmm. That makes a game like um, the TMNT NES game, which is very difficult. Um, yep. and, and, uh, it ramps up quickly and stays up. It gets a very long game that gets very difficult quickly. Yeah. Um, makes that potentially possible. What's even better is that they have this mode where somebody plays through the game uh, not as a video, but as like, you know, a, a ROM that's receiving commands. So you can hop in anytime while you're watching that person beat a game per perfectly and take it over and just die immediately, which is what <laughs> I've been doing uh, the entire time I've been playing this. I, I've very few games that I started from the beginning. I like watching somebody like, oh, this is the best way to go about doing this stuff. And then I hop in and mess with it. I, and today I played all of the turtles nes bosses i'd never played before and there's some like like that game has surprising amounts of simon's quest and contra and things like that in it which are which which make it like a really appealing cool nes game it's just like i think it like had that kind of rush to market situation where what's not exactly balanced and there's a bunch of difficult uh, like uh, you know hard to understand problems with it but like i really like it and i like you do a lot of different things in it um we were talking about ahead of the show uh, there's there's an overworld for one section. I'd even know this. Later sections of the game have other overworlds that you explore mm. and you go inside, and it's like Blaster Master in that way. I mean, what a clever, cool game! In fact, like I would say that that and then TMNT, um, I, the third TMNT game for Game Boy are like the Manhattan really Project. interesting games. Um, I don't think it's Manhattan Project. It's called oh, sorry, like for, the, for Game Boy. It's called like the Search for Your Buddy or something. <laughs> uh, I'll find it. I mean. TMNT on NES is at least three times as big as it needs to be like right. as a game. It just goes on forever and like nobody ever it was too hard for kids. And so no one ever saw any of those later levels. And so that's like that's another reason why collections like this are so perfect. Yeah, it's Each called, has what it's they called call, oh, Turtles 3 Radical Rescue. And cool. it's, it's basically a Metroid like you, you have a lot of uh, agency to go where you want while you explore a base and you recover your buddy turtles. You started as just one turtle. And so it's made as a single player game. Another like interesting distinction that hasn't happened since the, you know, the, the, the NES game too. I, I just I, check it out. It's, it's really worth checking yeah. out. And by the way, the Game Boy emulation is good and you can see the first Game Boy game and like what Game Boy games were doing when, you know, Super Mario Land came out versus what Game Boy games were doing <laughs> when they like ported Donkey Kong Country to the Game Boy. It's, yeah. it's the technology gets so amazing for for you know scrolling levels on game boy it's just amazing so each game has what they call enhancements and it's it goes beyond just like increasing the amount of lives that you have for the nes games you can turn off uh sprite flicker and slow down oh cool. yes well, there's a huge <laughs> part of that game that was yeah. like one of the that was like one of the first things i noticed playing through the first or second level of the nes game was i was like oh yeah this is slowing down at all the same and Mega Man collection did that as well like you know when the game slows down and it was doing it at all the right spots that's miraculous yeah, yeah. It's completely miraculous uh, in the fighting games you can toggle on uh the ability to pit certain characters against each other that you you weren't previously able to Hmm. Um, and then they created an original strategy guide for every single one of the games. And if they're not like super long, but they're presented in a very colorful, like, yeah. like Sam said, Nintendo a, power like style. Paper layout. And they have like, yeah, they have like five to seven different tips for the game. And mm. if the tip, the tips are interactive, like if it tells you how to beat a certain boss, you can just hit play and it'll play a little video of showing you how to do it. It's really, really well thought out. They really so clever. Uh, yeah. Really and good. then there's all the um, supplemental assets. There's the box art for you know each version of the game, um, uh, the Japanese versions and the U.S. versions and the European versions. I thought it was interesting, Sam, that uh, throughout all of the all of, um, the entire span of all these games in Japan, the box art always remained super cartoony. Whereas when they went on in the U.S., <laughs> they got they tried to get a little bit more edgy. Those airbrush. <laughs> I mean, it's like that side art for the arcade machine. It's like they just are just doing the bizarre live action side art stuff, and then like really dark looking characters yeah. with like mean eyes and stuff like that. Yeah, and they they include. Um, 
you know, advertisements. So advertisements for the games that would run in magazines at the time. And one really, really stood out to me. It was an ad for it was an, for just Ultra Games upcoming lineup. And people probably remember seeing this. Uh, I don't. You probably can't see this. This image in it's not going to be in focus. This one. Yeah. So when they show like the turtles and then the the uh, skateboarder and then there's like a knight riding a horse. These are the games we have coming to the NES. <laughs> We'd like to shed a little light on our upcoming hits. But the copy. <laughs> Someone, they forgot to mention one of those three games, I think for sure. So, the, like I said, Turtles, Skateboarder, and then A Knight on a Horse. Mm -hmm. So the copy says, Ultra, the hottest new game generator in town, is about to unleash three of the most thrilling games of all time for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Take sides with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and a nun-chucking, karate-chopping sewer fight through the villain ravaged streets of New York. Oh. And finally, cruise down back alleys and skate or die. A knockdown, drag out, multi event spectacular that pits you against a friend or bionic Lester. Wait a second. And that's it. Then that's so it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the ultra game with the knight on the horse is. I, I, I was trying to think of that too. Did they do like Knights of the Round or anything like that? That's... I don't remember. And then in more of the ads, I don't know if you noticed this, Sam, uh, a lot of the photos of certain games and game packs are redacted. Because they don't have the rights to show some of those, I guess. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the packaging of this is just kind of like, you know, we thought of everything, and I, mm -hmm. I think it's really amazing. Um, I, I have dream collections of games that I want to see get this treatment, oh, yeah. but, like, it's, it's kind That's of fun. like the, um, <laughs> the, for me, like, the, the licensed <clears throat> packaging is, like, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it. Like, licensed games are, are usually really bad. And so, like, these Turtles games, like, there's really only, like, a couple of them that I actually want to play or, or really own. Um, yeah. But that th everything else makes up for that because it's just, like, a really cool historical thing. I, I, don't, I don't really like Turtles either. So it's, like, that's it, it, really good. But, like, I don't need – I'm never going to play Tournament Fighters, let alone the three versions of it. But it was really cool seeing the Genesis game, which I'd never seen before. All the brawlers yeah. are kind of boring on consoles. But the arcade ones are classics, right? So. Mm -hmm. Oh, that hurts me. I love I, my favorite in the collection is is uh, time, Turtles right? in Time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, turtle. The, but the, you know the Super Nintendo one, like that that game is like ingrained in my memory. I love that game so much. But well, did you also, I grew up with one? it. Yeah, I haven't played the arcade one because last night I dove into I dove into the Super Nintendo one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I want to see like I think the the Super Nintendo one is a, a faithful port, but there's only you can only play with two characters. But then they added in like a couple extra stages, so it's like, mm. the, the, you know, Sam's right though that like the, the the connective tissue being Ninja Turtles is interesting. We're like, like I don't know, like a Mega Man collection or a Street Fighter collection. It's like, oh, it's a collection of fighting games. But like Ninja Turtles is like, I hope you like brawlers and fighting games and handheld Metroidvanias and collection whatever. of turtle games. Yeah, like the genre defying NES Ninja Turtles games. Like they're really, really different. And like I, I don't have Cap on a collection yet, but like yeah, I, I also would not be interested in tournament fighters. I'm only here for the other stuff, yeah, I think. Just, yeah, that's more of a novelty. But but if me. they left it out, then everybody would be like, Oh, but they left right. out this. So like I like yeah. how the completionist aspect of this this collection is important to them as it is important to the people that are their audience, which are basically collectors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hey, the the truth is, when you play several of these brawlers back to back, the original TMNT arcade game, Turtles in Time, uh, the Manhattan Project, and Hyperstone Heist, there's a lot of overlap between yeah. all these. They all basically have the same setup. The that turtles are watching. That jump, April and do down, a, jump and kick down. Jump yeah, and there's kick that. Down. And then the turtles are watching April do a news report on TV, and either she's kidnapped <laughs> or the Statue of Liberty is kidnapped. They have to say, always start in New York City. You you know, you go to, to the Terror Drome, you fight all the same bosses, Bebop, Rock City, Krang, uh, Leatherhead, the alligator guys. So there's just so much overlap. There's, there's one million foot soldiers. They some of the levels are named the same from uh from game to game. Like the the final shell shock was one of the final levels in multiple games. Anyway, and then the last thing that, like Sam mentioned, that does the design docs for uh, most of these games are very, very extensive. In some, some, in some cases, they're like fifty pages long of all cool. hand drawn images and hand drawn, like uh, you know, basically like mission statements and mm -hmm. uh, 
reasons like the, for the TMNT NES game it, it says plain as day the Ninja Turtles are very popular in America and we think kids will buy this video game basically <laughs> oh, and there's also in That's the awesome. uh, in the not only just print ads but press kits which is just like mm -hmm. so cool to think like our, mm -hmm. our world is immersed in PR and press kits for games but like the concept of that there was of course PR public relations that existed for movies and, and TV shows but you know the game startup you know, industry at that time, like it's really janky looking. It's really funny. You got to wonder like, were these sent to like USA today, like college papers? Like it's just, yeah. it's so fascinating to think of like what they're, wh why they needed to do anything other than put this on the cover of Nintendo power and tell kids to buy it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which is what they did. <laughs> it certainly worked. <laughs> anyway, Cowabunga, Cowabunga collection is out now. Super recommend it. Another uh, great offering from Digital Eclipse. Any, if I hear Digital Eclipse is working on anything, I'm immediately they kill it. Looking forward to that. Amazing. Another game I've been playing recently, and I was quite enjoying, is Cult of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Is this a uh, Cult of the Lamb podcast? All right. Well, except well, uh, Dan's got, got jammed up. I got jammed <laughs> up. I, 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 like, you jammed I, up. Yeah, <laughs> oh no! I got the lamb jam. So anyway, I, so I was loving this game. Super dainty yeah. game. I think everybody yeah. knows by now. It's half like uh, animal, like like village mm -hmm. maintenance sim, and then half you know go on a run. See, I predicted uh, that you wouldn't like that village maintenance sim part of it because I know you don't like well, Animal Crossing and stuff like that. Well, I, it, I didn't mind it, but I just didn't get get to do too much. Basically, I'm stuck. I cannot leave my cult now. I can't leave my village. Oh no! Every, when I try to leave, there's like this gray fog that's blocking my exit, and there's, the game's not telling me anything to do. And I, I think you I need to talk, around, talk to one of your villagers. I've believe me, I've I've done that. <laughs> I've searched around. Apparently, this is a common bug on the oh, Switch no. version okay. where I'm playing it, and there is no mm. known fix for it right now. One thing is like I might have to do perform a what a ritual. Yeah. Uh, except the rituals have a very long cooldown time. You're like waiting for that. And then mm. now that my cooldown is done, you have to have a certain amount of lumber to do your ritual. And I don't have any lumber. Yeah. And there are no more trees left in yeah. my village. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Out. yeah. Hmm. So I Which you can't. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, oh. I was really, really liking the game. And then I got totally stuck. Oh, bummer. That's that's too bad. I've, I've actually heard of quite a, pe quite a few people getting... Uh, glitches with it. I, I haven't really had any. The only one I had was I killed everybody on the screen and it just wouldn't let me advance and I didn't have the like move you get later on where you could warp out and so I was just like, I was just stuck and I had to just oh. quit out of the game and, and go back in. That's too bad. Yeah, no, I'm loving it. That's that's definitely the game I've been playing the most over the last week. It, it's, um, it couldn't be more of a Justin game between sort of like the the tunic-ish, you know, top-down combat and then the village sim. Like, the, the Animal Crossing comparison, like, it's not, it's not, uh, like, as someone that plays a lot of PC simulation village building games, yeah, you're that right. I find very superficial and kind of, like, basic. But it is, it is satisfying and fun, and, like, I like how it all ties into skill trees for your combat and character later on. Like, they do a really, really good job of kind of, um... They don't, they don't, it's not, it's more like peanut butter and jelly than it is like oil and, and water. Like they mix together better than you might think they would, the two halves of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's two ways to like look at this game. For me, the, the first like four or five hours I was playing it, it was do the farming stuff to make myself better, to make myself get through the runs better and be able to do that kind of stuff. And then I kind of switched halfway through and I was like, you know what? Yeah. The runs only exist <laughs> to make my farm better. Oh, okay. I can't do anything else. You need lumber. I'm going on a run. And I would just do old I, levels I and just stuff like that, that just to get. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cause I was like, this is a farming game to me now. Yep, this exactly. is. <laughs> and the music yeah. is so good. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love all the sound actually. I also don't think that what you guys just described is an accident because, like, I also ran out of lumber. And, like, I think the game, it's pretty deliberate about, like, we're going to make sure people have, like, not quite enough lumber to do what they need to do. Right. Like, yeah. and then and then it forces people into like everyone thinks that, like, oh, like I'm playing this game in in kind of I'm going on my own journey. But, like, you can feel the hand of, like, the, the designer, mm -hmm. I think, underneath the surface. Oh, man, I've been fishing well a lot. That just reminded me. 
<laughs> and I feel like you could like push yourself to progress. I, I could have beaten the game a long time ago, but I'll go back and do old worlds just because I'm yeah. like, nah, I'm not, I'm not here to progress. I just need to chop down some trees and stuff like that. The game is also just so adorable. My Twitter banner very, very since cute. the game came out is is a dissenter with the megaphone because I just I think it's the most adorable thing ever. <laughs> when they get super mad and they're all robble 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 yeah. robble. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. I, I love the whole vibe of the game. I was really enjoying it. I hope they patch it and I can get back into oh, it. Oh, bummer. Uh, but Sam, you've also been playing Arcade Paradise? Yeah, I have. Um, so uh, as introduced on last week's episode um, as a game that I should definitely play, I grabbed it and started playing it. I've been playing. I wanted to play a whole lot before this episode. And um, Okay, so this is the game we talked about last week, just to refresh people, where you... It's an arcade sim, basically, where you, you're the arcade operator, so you're uh, buying games and p- placing them and, and making sure that you can make profits off of them. Um, the best part of the game is what they're showing right now when you go in your little coin collecting runs. Uh, well, this is still in the uh, the actual uh, worst part of the game, the, uh, the place you start out in. So there, there's things I like about this game a lot. Like I like that you grab these games and you place them and then you have a, this this kind of coin collection and it happens like as long as you stay in, in the arcade or in the laundromat, you earn money and you get like you can actually like tweak the games and, and make sure they earn more and stuff. That That's like so so spot on for how arcades work that I like have tremendous respect for that. And it's really fun, but I'm not having a whole lot of fun with this game. It, it, it definitely hit my, uh, addictive, uh, I don't want to say addictive. It, it, it has hooked me, um, in this like way that like, uh, I don't like, which is just like, I, I want to do a lot, but uh, it's not that fun to do because your dad gives you this laundromat and he doesn't even want you to have an arcade. And your dad is kind of a jerk. And he mm-hmm. like tells you the stuff from his yacht about what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. Whereas your sister is encouraging you, I think it's your sister to do the arcade and like follow your dreams. But, uh, the laundromat part of it is way too much. You have to do this, this so much. Oh my God. The, la- the laundromat part goes on forever. <laughs> I just made the switch where I'm like, I can just sit here and do nothing and not yeah. do the laundry finally and make more money, which is really funny because, uh, there's an achievement that are like a little daily task. It's like, don't do any laundry today. So like the game yeah. knows that, but it took me so long to get there. I hate the laundry. I That's hate exactly laundry. what I was going to suggest. I think the game is like, a, it, I, I think in like an unofficial informal way, it's testing players. Mm-hmm. It, how long does it take a player to figure <laughs> out they can ignore the laundromat? Cause like Damon, you haven't played it yet, right? Damon. I haven't yet. No, the conceit of the game is you have a laundromat with like one crappy dingy, arcade machine in it and then as you go you end up with this huge crazy arcade by the end with like a laundromat in the corner and like but like it starts out as like a laundry sim and then it's like now you have two arcade machines and four arcade machines and like the game never tells you you know don't do the laundry part anymore like you have to figure out for yourself like wait a second like i don't want to be doing this and, and like it, it'll take a little longer because the laundromat portion actually makes you money but yeah sam that that would be my suggestion is just stop engaging yeah. with with I, that i did that like, but I, I was doing the calculations i was like i do want a couple yeah, hundred you, more bucks today and i, I was like i just have to do it and like that's what was driving me crazy was like you know to, yep. to buy new games and now i'm in a good shape and like it should be fine but like it is really funny how that that how that happens um <laughs> i also games, like i what would you say? I, I, I saw a Mr. Driller clone and then a GTA clone. Oh, yeah. they're all playable. It's got like 25 that you can play all the arcade games. Yeah, it's like GTA style, but it actually has a little mini map in the corner that that reveals that it, it is just Pac-Man and you can yeah, just play Pac-Man. the mini map. It's really funny. It. Um, but here's another thing that uh, it's not a bad thing that the game does. Not something. It's something that I personally don't like. It's set in 19, maybe 99, 2000. Um, so you have this really early access to eBay and, you know, dial up modem and, you know, it's still hard lines. And then all, a lot of these games are, I guess, quote unquote new. Some of the, you do get retro ish ones eventually. Um, but like that setting, like if I had to pick one era of game to like, be like, Oh, this is a time to to run an arcade. It would absolutely be not that one because like, (laughs) it's, it's like, it's not the street fighter era, which is really exciting. It's not the Pac-Man era, which is really exciting. It could have like a really cool style. It's like this really ugly 
crappy PC looking game era of arcade machines as told mm. by this world. It's just ugly. The whole game is just like kind of a bummer. And like when I'm in my arcade, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, it's neat. But like you play those games and you're like, well, I wish this, I wish this was about 25 games that came out before 1983. That would be so different and so remarkable and cool, but it's just not. And so just expect that and understand that it's like, it's about a nostalgia that like basically you can't have because arcades did not exist in the year 2000. So it's like, it doesn't really yeah. make sense. It's, it's this kind of fantasy universe that is kind of weird. Now, if you made an arcade game that was set now, that would be really interesting <laughs> because there's a bunch of like kind of cool contemporary arcade games like four player Pac-Man versus and I don't know. There's like there's ones that are out there now, and then also it could just be about a retro arcade, right? And then you you there's that's that's a popular thing. Maybe mix it with a bar or something. But like the laundromat turn of the century thing, oof, it's rough to get through for me. But uh, <laughs> I like, and also like it's it feels like work. Like frankly, like I don't run the, the a lot of the elements of this arcade that I have games at, but I'm adjacent to it constantly, and and <laughs> of course uh, uh, have to think about it and where I where I bring in games and stuff like that. And like it's really adorable to see how this, this works. I, I think that similar to Cult of the Lamb, like I, I think it probably deliberately gives you not enough wood to force you to play the game in a certain way. This game does a similar thing where you can play the arcade machines, but then you lose money. You don't make as much money if you don't go switch over people's laundry. Yeah. And so there's this tension of like a little timer goes off and I'm like, fuck, yeah. I got to go put those clothes exactly. in the dryer. But you're like right in the middle of a round of a game. And so then you like me as the player, you make a choice to like, screw the laundry like i'm not i'm gonna ignore it and i'm just gonna keep playing this arcade game and i think that that's a really interesting bit of role play is this rebellious 20 yep. something that's running your dad's laundromat of like nah i only care about this arcade game instead yeah it, it, it's that best type of video games where there's like a meta story that doesn't yeah. need to be told in the exposition it's being told in your gameplay decisions like that's that's really smart it's just it's just that's the, like the pinnacle of, of why we why I play games. So kudos to that. Also at this it point, like, like I, I need to wait because you know, like arcade machines make money by the hour. And so before it was like, oh, I'll do other things and make money. But now that money's so inconsequential that it's finally at the point where I'm like, I'm just gonna play games and wait. Which is <laughs> which is what it should be, I think, a little bit earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sounds like it's at least worth a look for me. I think Check so. Yeah. I mean you want you should take over my save. You'll love it. Okay. <laughs> Skip all the boring stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, Mark, the last no. is part one. You oh, did boy. not review it for IGN. No. But you've played a bunch of it. Uh, I, I believe Luke Riley reviewed it for IGN and gave it a 9 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Not too surprising. The original game is fantastic. I don't know why a remake would be not fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What 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 do you what are your thoughts, Mark? Am I the only one here who's played it? No one else has played well, it. Well, I've, I've heard Mark talk about it on several shows, so I can just summarize <laughs> right? his thoughts if you like. Uh, I, it's it's awesome, right? It's it's instantly one of the best looking PS5 games. It's the work they put into making this game exist for players today. People who who have not played the game yet or want to experience quite frankly the best version of this game like they absolutely nailed it um i i just don't think it's for a lot of people and that i think that that's okay i think a lot of even our review asks like why does this need to exist and everybody can come up with their own theories on why it needs to exist um you know it's coming out tomorrow or today i guess if you're watching this on on friday um which the age you know you're like, is it the, for the HBO show? Well, the HBO show is still a long ways away, right? So it's mm -hmm. not really like tying in. But I, you could say that the hope is that people are going to watch the HBO show and then they're going to be like, okay, now I want to play The Last of Us. And, and you get this like really cool definitive version of this game. It might turn somebody off to be like, oh, it's a PS4 game that it's just kind of a cleaned up ps3 game like i don't i don't want to play that but like this doesn't look like that this looks like last of us part two so you know i i'm sure that that's why it exists i um we were talking on on our other podcast and and matt brought up a good point where it's like 
He said he felt like it would be kind of jarring to play the remaster and then go to Last of Us Part Two, and it just wouldn't really feel like that anymore. It's a, it's a very remastered? seamless transition. Oh, okay. I, see what you're, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it. yeah, because it's like they clean, they changed the UI, so it's like when you crank, uh, you know, you do the the cranking for like generators and stuff like that. It all looks like Last of Us Part Two now. So there's not this like change from old UI to to new UI. It's like the Mass um, Effect Collection kind of did that. Yeah, right, exactly. Because one was like, from what I've heard, one was a lot different than two and three, mm-hmm. and they kind of like they brought it up out. to that. I mean, I think mm-hmm. everybody who creates a, a series that spans console generations or doesn't maybe expands one console generation where things end up pretty differently by the end of it would like love to have the resources and skill you know, and and team to do this. Like it must be a yeah, developer's well, dream to be like, <laughs> and yes, that's literally all of my games into the future all the time. Keep them modern. Yeah, and that's literally what they said. They said they finished making Last of Us Part Two, and especially with the accessibility options, they thought, "Man, we wish we could do all this for Last of Us Part One." And that's kind of how it came to fruition. If you if you let Naughty Dog tell the story, the story is that they just wanted the Last of Us One to be like the Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, we got we got two hundred million dollars <laughs> to spend. Let's just do it this way. <laughs> This, um, I, you know, different teams at studios, like projects, they're, they're required to flex up like at different times, right? Like pre-production, production, post-production. And so that's another sort of like unconfirmed report is like just the way that production schedules are happening at Naughty Dog. They had time for a group of people to work on this before they needed to sort of enter heavy production on whatever unannounced projects the studio is working on as well. So it was one of those kind of like stars aligned kind of things, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like they they still used all the original voice acting, all the original mocap. And so a lot of people think Last of Us Part 1 is better than Last of Us Part 2. I also think the story for Part 1 is better than Part 2. And you you just get to see all those performances shine way, way, way more than you would have on the old versions of the game. I. But yeah, also it's only nine years old, so it's a little strange for it to be like it's a remake, you know? Do you think that's a record? I mean, I was trying to think of, like, instances where this has happened, right? And, like, even Demon's Souls was more of a ground-up remake than this game was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I, really can't even pinpoint when this has ever happened. But to say a remake for Super nine Mario years later, I, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Super Mario I mean, All-Stars, yeah. absolutely. That's, that's, that's a good one. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think this game is awesome. And I don't know why it exists, except for the reasons I just listed. So I yeah. guess I do. But like, uh, it, you know, the 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 purchase making decision is on the individual. You know, it's not something I'm not dying to play The Last of Us right now. So it's not something I would buy. But when the HBO show comes out and maybe I'm like, dude, I really want to play The Last of Us. I am so glad that this version exists because now I'll get to go back and I'm not playing what is essentially a PS3 game. I'm playing a PS5 game. So. Yeah, I guess that's why it exists, you know? Yeah, but even that, like, I, I agree with the HBO show sentiment to a certain extent, but even that, it's mm-hmm. like, well, that it's, you know, it's a long ways off. Yeah. Um, And then uh, the people that are, like, watching that show that haven't played The Last of Us are going to be a little bit more casual. And casual, you know, gamers aren't, like, killing themselves to, to find a PlayStation 5 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the game, I would be shocked if the game is still at full price. You know, right, right, right. Now, right. the show comes out, so I don't it's know. it's so strange because I I agree. I doubt it's going to be seventy by the time the show the by the time yeah. the show comes out. They wanted to push. They they just have this newly minted PS Plus service. This would have been the perfect game uh, to just yeah. throw I on mean, that service. Uh, I do. Will, yeah, six months down the line or whatever. Yeah. I, I also yeah. have a prediction that th- now that this is done, by the time the HBO show comes out, the PC version of this will be out because they've already mm. announced that that's coming, and it, but it's just coming a little bit later. Yeah, I will say it, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this performs. Uh, you know how this does on MPD next month because, yeah. like, you know, Sony is very good at the business of selling video games, making and selling video games. So, yeah, their track yeah. record sort of speaks for itself. It's been. I think it's been a long time since they've had a big miss. So, well, but speaking of MPD, like, what are they competing with in September? That's that's like, by all counts, this is the biggest September game for sure. Yeah, like when I when I look at the September have, lineup, you know, they're gonna have a, the full month. They, right. timed, they timed it well. 
Um, you know, uh, we've talked before on the show and something that I, I think about is sort of franchise management and like the longer and longer games run. I think it matters to game developers and publishers what their on ramp is like, like if you've made multiple games in a series, like you still want it to be friendly to newcomers. You don't want it to be becoming more and more like myopic and like hard to get into. And so things like well, i don't know this is the first one that sprung to mind like master chief collection isn't just about like oh well we care about the legacy of these games and want to make money re-releasing them and updating them it's like making sure that that game and that series is accessible as they continue making it and so maybe there's some of that at play with last of us i mean look like maybe they're about to announce last of us three mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not about to announcement but maybe that's what naughty dog is working on and so they're they have a, they're motivated to make sure that Last of Us One remains accessible and up to date and playable on modern hardware. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, it's kind of a problem when like if you wanted to, if you're a younger gamer and you're just getting into Assassin's Creed, I don't know, weird example because those games are so uh, loosely connected to one another. But like certain franchises, it's like hard. You're like, okay, I want to go back and play the original. Well, I can't. Um, and that's like the older and older video games get. That's a unique problem to our industry that sort of you don't have with movies or things like that. And that's uh, why I'm, companies like Digital Eclipse. Yeah. So important. <laughs> Until some story comes out where it's like, hey, th- this game exists and, and this why this is, doesn't. You know, the, 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 a lot of the hubbub is like. Not that this exists at all, but I guess people are theorizing, well, why are they working on this when they could be working on something else? But that's that's alternate universe thinking, right? We'll never know that if they didn't remake this game, that that means Last of Us 3 would have come out sooner or the next Uncharted or whatever. So until some story comes out where it's like, hey, we Last of Us 3 is so far out now because we had to work on Last of Us 1. I don't think that there's a whole lot to be angry about. It exists and you get it or you don't. It's definitely, you know, technical staff that's capable of making a remake like this not being needed on other pro- like having a gap mm-hmm. in their schedules is what yep. it is. Yeah. Well, speaking of Assassin's Creed, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Mirage is going to be the next Assassin's Creed. It cool. does make me think, it does make me wonder what happened to Assassin's Creed, what, Infinite? I that's, guess that's just, that's something else. What was that's that so weird? That was like their weird platform, like their weird, yeah, like, like this one, yeah. the Master Chief Collection version of Assassin's Creed that like other rumors about it were crazy. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if something happened where they saw that that wouldn't be a thing, because Ubisoft has been trying so many times with like Ghost Recon Breakpoint is going to be is going to be alive forever. And it's like the game lasts four months, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if they're starting to see like, hey, that that wouldn't work but is mirage is that the one that like is actually was supposed to be an expansion or something and then they're just making it its own game apparently apparently yes yeah but not in like a pejorative way right like there's a long history of games sort of starting off as you know big expansion packs and getting spun out into their own thing but yeah that's what mirage seems like and it's what is it is the key art like they announced it on twitter just like hey we're making assassin's creed mirage (laughs) you know stay tuned for more because well, it because it leaked right yeah exactly so the key right right must have been it's hinting yeah. at like you know like well it looks like baghdad right or india like the middle east like we're back in that sort of area of the world it seems like yeah and there's another leak i think from maybe from bloomberg where it's like a similar image that said assassin's creed mirage the 40 thieves mm, the cool 40 thieves something um and so i obviously alibaba and the 40 thieves like, mm-hmm. sort of like so that would be like that Ar- arabia yeah that's cool yeah, right so that's that is neat that would um i think that character has like the red and blue on the arm that is, that's supposed to be a character from um uh it was a Odyssey? minor or is that right? a minor character from valhalla Valhalla, okay. But I, d- right. I don't think I actually made it far enough into the game to even... Oh, I did. Dude, I didn't make that connection till just now. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that, that, I, I that, but that to goes back to what you're talking about, like a spinoff <laughs> becoming a big game, right? 
So there's that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, clearly a, a, it could be like a gorgeous, amazing setting with that same level of like, oh, here's some fantasy from myth, but is it actually just yeah. a person in a costume? Like it is, it is. <laughs> yeah. Are you perfect, actually just hallucinating on drugs? Like, yeah. It is like what <laughs> Assassin's Creed is doing right now. It's like, if this was only a leak, everybody would be like, yeah, this is definitely it. But that yeah. leak happened like on um like a, a you know, like, it was like a tweet from a, a, a related commerce Twitter feed and uh, you, just back to back with with announcing the game, which like, do you think they have like a fail safe now for a leak where it's like no, no, every Assassin's got, Creed leaks because <laughs> like they have everyone. That's right. I mean, it's just like yeah. it's every just, single it's, year. And it, in case, of, every, in case of leak, like send the tweet yeah, draft. Exactly. Like, is this the stopgap where it's just like, let's just own the conversation by having a tweet ready, which is also similar to the Washington Post tweeting news today. Which is something <laughs> yeah. that you do when you queue up a bunch of posts and you you yeah. know don't want to put embarrassing filler text in there, and they did that too. Mm-hmm. So I wonder then, if this yeah. is their and then, filler. And then when you forget to go in and actually add the correct yeah. text, yeah. you end up just tweeting news, news, news. Yeah. <laughs> it would have only been if it was TK, TK, TK. Yeah. Um, well, that's why you don't do that, right? But normally you come up with something. I mean, it's hard when you're a news organization yeah. to come up with something that but, it's not going to be taken yeah. at face it, value. It's just, it's funny. We were, we were talking about this on our internal Slack, but like that's happened to Ijin before where we just end up tweeting like Spider-Man and yep. it ends up being like <laughs> but a we fabulously popular tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it was all planned. Like one of our most popular tweets of all time. <laughs> so, so does that mean new Assassin's Creed this fall? They wouldn't, they wouldn't announce it in September. Fall. Although there is no. a Ubisoft forward. It could be. Could be. I mean, I it's not going to be the the biggest game. But like, I think it's going to be a little bit smaller than Valhalla. I mean, I look, so. I, I maybe, maybe it's a switch God. switch only game. <laughs> but the fall. thing is, is if it's not like, then no way they would announce it now for a fall. 2023 which means it's going to come out in spring 2023 and there's already too many games impossible yeah there's too many games uh, it's illegal to release that game in the spring yep yep so they gotta make it fall they gotta make it happen we'll see that's the rumor huh yeah so Uh, we'll find out more we'll find out more next week yeah next Next saturday Saturday. It's on Saturday, man. Yeah, that's a terrible time. Man. I know. Mark and I were just talking about how <laughs> we staff that up. <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a three day weekend this weekend, and we're like, and then we're working next weekend. So well, get yeah. your rest in. <laughs> it's also D twenty three, which might have game news too. So yeah, it's going to be a work. It'll, it'll be a fun weekend, actually. Uh, okay, we're running short on time, but let's check in with the listeners. Oh my, hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Rob from Cobb did. Rob from Cobb says, I want to start out with a nicely job for Sam for sitting in for Damon during last hey, week's thank episode. You. I'm writing in today with a question for Sam. Last week's episode displayed a background of pinball machines. The Walking Dead in particular caught my eye. I'm a lifelong Walking Dead fan. Most, well, lifelong. So he's only like... 13 years old. Mm-hmm. I had to see what it takes to land one of those bad Larry's. After seeing a crazy high sticker price, I wondered how does a layman purchase one of these machines? They're basically the price of a decent used car. Is there some underground pinball trading guild? Mm-hmm. Is there a high risk there of is. buying used machines because of the intricate machinery? This is definitely a space I want to get into. I would love to own my own machine. Any insider tips to help this blue collar boy purchase his very own machine? Well, first of all, you need a laundromat and a a sense yeah. of moxie yeah. yeah um yeah so uh you know they're expensive they're really expensive they do make money so that's why there's a you know an aftermarket that that's two-pronged one is that like you can buy this game and put it in a bar and make your money back and you or you can you know make profits off of it so that makes the aftermarket games kind of expensive uh, then there's also the collector's market which is like older games are rare newer games have rare versions so the version of walking dead that we have here at ign is actually the le version the limited edition that has an actual different set of mechanical bells and whistles in it uh that and then a separate art package which makes it you know rare it makes it there's i think there's 500 of them or something so to get into pinball you can go and avoid those two things you can avoid a game that's going to earn money and you can avoid a game that that's rare and you can go like common down the line, like uh, 80s games like Pinbot or High Speed or Taxi or something like that. Now, those command a premium 
because they're just really fun games. You don't want to you don't want to clunker. That's not no fun to play. So um, you, you, those didn't used to though. So that's the bubble right now. Pinball's expensive right now. Those games cost. the ones I just mentioned, 80s, Bally, Midway, Williams-type games. Um, uh, Adam's Family, most common game ever made, that's a $7,000, $8,000 game now, right? And new games are $7,000, $8,000, sometimes $10,000, sometimes more, sometimes $13,000. So you can see there's like these all these different tiers. So if you start really, really low tier, an EM machine, an old one from 60s or 70s, um, or, or one of those 80s games, you can get in on that ground level. Now, if you're not going to make money off of it, then you know that's where that's where you're looking at starting. There's virtual pinball that, that goes lower than that. But if you want to get into pinball, there is the thing you mentioned also. Uh, they will take maintenance, and it's not just like, oh, do I have to worry about this game as old? That's not really the case because they're really built to last. They're really built to take a lot of wear. But if you take one in that's never been cared for, you have to do a bunch of things to get it running, and then it's going to be pretty good. But there's just continual maintenance. There's parts that are meant to break. There's rubber rings all over the game. Mm. There's flippers. Flippers do not last forever. Every part in the flipper has to be replaced. Every part, except for the coil, which sometimes goes bad, which is the thing I don't want to go into. But um, so, uh, but but everything is made to break. I mean, they're they're like they were made to last two or three years in an arcade and not last thirty years, sixty years, a hundred years, right? So even the new ones are even using those same same parts. Anyway, what did I not cover? I'm trying to keep it succinct. Well, I guess the I guess just the reality is pinball is just it's an expensive hobby. Yeah, but but do. you know the the thing that they tell you is to make your hobby pay, right? So it's like if you do think like, oh, I want to save up. And maybe there's a brewery next to me that has a bunch of space because people drink there and it's a bunch of brick walls. And, you know, there's a lot of there's that wall would be great with a couple of pinball machines. If you're mechanically inclined and can like and can invest in that um, right now, it's a really it's a really lucrative business. It just is like it's like where else can you invest in something that you're actually going to make? All your money back. You can sell the machine for the same amount that you paid for it. Like whatever you make, if you make three hundred bucks and then sell the machine, it's not like it's not like cars. They don't lose value when they walk off the lot. You know, you can usually make value on the game you just bought. So there's but all it, that to consider. Uh, uh, and I'm curious, Sam, if people do what you just recommended, if you talk to your local brewery, you set up a pinball machine in there. Do you insure it? Yeah, well, you can insure yourself as an LLC company, right? Interesting. Um, you, you could you could call yourself an LLC and get yourself licensed. It's going to be a couple hundred bucks to do that. You would do that if you were going to do certain things, like outright own the machine. Like the potential there is like somebody could hurt themselves on your machine or something like that. that mm-hmm. Obviously, that's just looking out for yourself. It's common business. But the person you're partnering with could very well take that on. They are going to have business insurance. They might want to co-own the machines with you and split the quarters with you. That's a very common prospect. It's like, hey, I think this would be great. Like, There's two things that can happen. One is that you can bring in a machine, see how it goes, buy another one, see how it goes, start your business that way. But there's also a, a, a way that you go to the business and say like, hey, like, you know, I have one of these. Maybe we should get a couple. You can try it out, and then they might purchase some machines and then look out for them that way. But that's not like the main concern is like you, you got to keep the games running, and you want to do it in a place where like people might really want to play it. And I don't know. Like it's like this is it's funny to think about arcades this way, and that's not just because of video games. Like people are flocking to arcades to play games when there's not a pandemic right now, and like that's that's pretty cool that we live in an era that people want to go out and put quarters in games. It's still quarters. So remember, you were gonna make that. You were gonna make seventy-five cents per game twenty years ago, and you're still making seventy-five cents per game. And the games are five times as expensive, which sucks. But like, I'm not gonna pay two dollars to play a pinball machine, so I get it. All right, I appreciated that Sam talk. Mm-hmm. And that brings <laughs> us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Robert. From an undisclosed location. Oh my gosh. God damn it. Damon is also in it. Well, here's the thing. You know, I was gone in Germany for a week and I I hadn't been charging my camera. So like (laughs) 30 minutes before this, I was like, oh, I should charge my camera. I guess that's how much juice I got out of it. Even with it plugged in. That's so stupid. Yeah, it is plugged in right now. It's always yeah. a race against time. When I have everything on, I have my lights on and my camera on, and it all runs through my computer. And even when my computer is plugged in, mm-hmm. the battery still drains. 
We'll yeah, I, my mean, camera and my light, I can see them both draining. And they're yeah. both plugged in. <laughs> I always make it through let's the just, show, though. Let's just do this. Oh, we're let's do it live. Oh. We're doing it live. I don't like, there we go. Uh, oh, I don't like this. I'm not used to We're going to do this. Works. Sorry. I had technical difficulties. We're in a meeting with Damon now. <laughs> yeah. Now you're in a meeting with me. More. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, I'll do this. There. Some more light in here. Oh, uh, totally okay. works. It's a different view of my room. That's my <laughs> flying V base. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Robert from an undisclosed location. Let the questioning begin. Hmm. Did this game come out in the 90s? No. Okay. Robert um, from Cobbert. Uh, did it come out in the 80s? No. All right. 23 years to go. Let's see. Or 22. Your turn, Mark. Uh, okay. Let's do... Uh, is Did this game uh, originally come out um, in the generation before the one we're in now? So PS4, Xbox One... And hmm. I don't know. I don't know about Wii Switch. U? It's a weird one. I want to say we. I'll say Wii U. Sure. <laughs> the answer is no. Is it available um, on the Nintendo Switch? No. Wow. Okay. So, so it's, my, it's, it's got to be like a PS PS3 PS3 yeah. uh, 360 game. Yeah. Is this so game? Did this game come out in the PS3 360 era consoles? Yes. Wow. That's cool. I thought we were gonna strike right. out and hit GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is this a console okay, exclusive? Cool. Yes, it is. Okay. Damon's for us. Um, okay. Is this game exclusive to the uh, 360? Yes. Great. Ooh. Wow. Weird. All right. Uh, was this game published by Microsoft? Yes. Hey. Uh, right. so Halo or Gears? Um, no, they made that. They speaking got of Halo, stuff, but... we didn't talk about yeah, this on yeah. the show, but man, that's so crazy that they canceled the co-op out of... Uh, yeah. You know, Their so whole roadmap is is insane. Yeah. It, it's so far out for them to be dropping updates. It's really crazy. It, it makes me sad. <laughs> uh, is this a, a game in which you shoot guns? Yes. All right. Is it a game where we... you use chainsaws on people? No. That's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Are are the guns and are you playing in first person? Yes. All right. So it, I assume it's in the Halo franchise. It could be perfect then, dark because so we talked about it. Yeah, I was, I was gonna yeah, say I, I'm, okay. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's a swerve incoming. Yeah. Uh, do you play as Matt? Do you play well? Okay, but there's Halo ODST where you don't play as Master Chief. <laughs> and and uh, Reach was the yeah, 360. Good point. Does this game take <laughs> place in the Halo universe? No. Oh, so it's this gonna be perfect dark. Joanna Dark. No. No. What? <laughs> oh no. Um then uh, wait, but it was published by Microsoft? So it's first person. We did ask first person, right? It's first person, but yeah, it wouldn't be any of the Call of Duties because those were all And maybe you shoot people on a slower basis like Quantum Break, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Although that that's not that's a uh, Xbox, that's Xbox One. Yeah, One. Some something like that. Um So first, also, person, first person shooting people. It's not Mass Effect, then. Microsoft published. Not Fables. Oh, no. The first person thing, because, you know, they publish a lot of games, but not that many first person games. Viva Pinata's first person. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. You're the godlike character, but sure. Is this a Um, sci-fi game? uh, Man. Is it a sci-fi game? I guess kind of. What the F? <laughs> yeah, because it can't be Destiny, because that's because Destiny, I you know, did come out on, on 360 it wasn't the original. Did, by but, Microsoft. but that's published by Activision, so soft sci-fi, not hard sci-fi. Mm. Maybe is there like a, a military uh, like Rainbow Six? I I know that's not Microsoft, but is did they do anything like that? Tom Clancy esque? I think about what studio would have made it. Yeah. Did Rare, my... did Rare make some weird shooty something in the 360 era? I don't think so. Could there be a Connect game? First person? 
exactly like maybe something like that could be dance central <laughs> um shoot did microsoft have licenses did they ever have a license i don't know i don't wow. think 360 era i'm sure that i know what this game is and probably yeah. own it and played it because mm-hmm. I was, I had all the 360 games. You shoot in first person. It's soft sci-fi, which I think means near future. But is it like okay? How many questions do we have left, Damon? Mm, five and a guess. I need to know. I need to know if it's like a shooter, or if it's just a like, first like person like a game. And game, game, right? Like an action. Yeah. Oh sure, sure. Is oh, this yeah, game? I guess we never... Is this game like actually a first person shooter? Yes. That's 50. <laughs> Darn it. What? What the but heck? Not Halo, but 360 published by Microsoft. Oh, maybe. Wow. That's hmm. first person. I was going to say maybe he's like making a distinction between chainsaws and chainsaw guns, but it's not yeah. that because it's first person. Right. Uh, Is this game part of a series? Um, well. Hmm. Whoa, here we go, boys. Buckle <laughs> up. <laughs> it's part of a franchise. What? But maybe but this game is like a one-off. Maybe it's okay. The, so this is the, this is the Command and Conquer Renegade of the Command and Conquer series. Let's see here. They did make um I mean, does that mean maybe it's a, it's licensed? Like they didn't Microsoft didn't publish the Riddick sequel or something, did they? I don't know. No. What about like Star Wars Connect? Like Yeah. But the, only, it, the only Star Wars Connect game I can think of is the dancing one. They did say it's legit a first person shooter too. Yeah. Yeah. Um What? Was there multiplayer like online Maybe they, games? They might have published Riddick. Riddick? Is that was based, on the. Is this based on a license? Did we ask that already? No, we thought about it. Let's do that one. Is it based on a license? Yes. Okay, so maybe they did the second Riddick game because the first one is famously a great Xbox game, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The original's OG Xbox, and then and the second one's a first-person shooter. I thought what they were both first-person. What if it's an aeroplane first-person shooter? Yeah, there was Crimson Skies, but that was OG Xbox. But Riddick is not soft sci-fi. Yeah, it is. He's on an alien planet. It's hard. It's just sci-fi. I'm just saying. It's not soft sci-fi. Nobody would ever say it's written by like what Heinlein. What's yeah? I think so. I mean, come on. It's like it's as sci-fi as sci-fi gets. Well, yeah, but that's just. I mean, okay, so we know it's licensed. It's it, okay. Did this game star? Is this is this this uh, Vin Diesel license? No. Oh! <laughs> God, that leaves you with one question and a guess. There's always that moment every show. What other licensed FPS did Microsoft publish on oh, the 360? Oh, 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 it's King Kong. That was Ubisoft, wasn't it? I think Microsoft might have published it. Ah, oh, you could easily be right. I mean. <laughs> that's not a bad guess that's not a bad guess because well, we, we um, don't need to make the guess because we have more but let's just because it's just put a bookmark well on that. i i like it, it though because it's soft so it wouldn't be ubisoft necessarily it's soft it. sci-fi it meets that criteria it's based off a license it's the right console generation yeah it's first person it's fps Xbox it's probably king kong it's probably king kong i just had it in my head that that was a third party game and i must be wrong Okay. Well, that was a launch cam. We can either ask that or if it has the King of a Monsters. Giant gorilla. Not the King of Monsters. Yeah. What, what's... Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Uh, whatever his little slogan is. It's just tag team big wrestling. Old gorilla in it? No. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> oh I still oh, thought you were no. onto something there. Uh, King Kong oh, was, no. but it's a Ubisoft game. Okay. I mean, so they like could it be? Is it like Goldeneye or something stupid like well, that? That's like, what I was so, thinking. Like there was that there's Goldeneye. Eye, Remember, yeah. there was like a Goldeneye remake. Yeah, but yeah. it was like, but it was like Daniel Craig. Yeah, like, yeah. But, that was on Wii though. But there was that was on Wii. Also, like 
I don't know. I kind of would consider all the all the like 007 games kind of part of a series. Not like another, this is a one-off. There was another Bond that Rare maybe was involved in. I don't know because they're like there's like this un unmade Rare Bond game right now. So I think like I think we just have to say GoldenEye 360. I, I don't know. It's also crazy that this was. I think exclusive. It didn't come to PS3. So, so it's Xbox 360. You know what we should ask? We are out of questions. We should ask if it was downloadable because Xbox Live Arcade was huge then. Like there was yeah. Doom and Doom 2 on XBLA and other. I'm trying to think about other FPS games that maybe got digital releases. So the the the, the GoldenEye remake was definitely a Wii exclusive for a, a while. Mm-hmm. But there might. I think there was some kind of some kind of bond xbox game that would have been like maybe rare related i just don't know i don't know i don't know either i i i'm i'm i feel like i'm gonna be so mad when i hear it though <laughs> well, all right what is I'll it t- i'll tell you with since you're at your guess i can tell you you haven't gotten close to it okay what maybe. wait wow. i know what it is i know what it is i know what it is it's shadow run <laughs> yeah it's shadow run <laughs> uh, we got it that counts as the win that does count what? I'm not going to argue it. It's Shadowrun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? So Shadowrun is based on a, like a board game license, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, the tabletop. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was it was way ahead of its time. It was a class-based multiplayer game years before Overwatch, before it like took over mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Really? What about it's like Team only... Fortress? This would be around that time. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the, 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 the classes in this game were really, really weird. Like they were... Um, like just incredibly different from one another and how they played. And how operated. did you get that, Justin? It just popped into my head. <laughs> I remembered I was trying to think about other 360 shooters. I'm not sad that I I, I thought I would be upset. I don't it, know. Isn't there is, like so. a Shadowrun <laughs> that was like just announced or like just something? They, there's three computer RPGs that are Shadowrun. They look like old. They're like top down RPGs. Yeah, isometric. I think. Yeah. Isometric RPGs, Shadowrun Hong Kong, and a couple others. I played the first one. It was good. And this is just yep. called Shadowrun, huh? Yep. Man. And it was, uh, I think it was a failure. It was developed by FASA Interactive, and they went out of business immediately after launch. Yikes. And I say soft sci-fi, because like I always thought of it as like cyberpunk when I played like the Super Nintendo yeah. versions, but there's also magic. Yeah, it's like it's fantasy sci-fi. sci-fi. It's fantasy sci-fi. That's like the whole mm. thing. That's Shadowrun's whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. Well, you got there. I will also allow it. Shadowrun. Thank you for the suggestion, Robert, in an undisclosed location. And I that's got it. Win. Shadowrun. That was amazing. <laughs> that was an amazing win. <laughs> that's going to be all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Mark. Thank you to Jobert, working behind the scenes to make this episode happen. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop. And we're out. Before we start, Damon, one quick anecdote. For the first time in the state of Iowa, I got recognized by a GameScoop fan. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Was yeah, it we, were at, we were at a restaurant. Cool. And um, and then, yeah, I was. But, but to be fair, I don't ever go anywhere I do anything. So maybe it would happen. <laughs> it would happen at, daily if you want. <laughs> That's amazing.